Shut up and sit down. Welcome to Coffee, Cake and Cauldrons. I'm Laura. I'm Adam. I'm Vicky. We're here with our coffee and cake to talk to you about all things fantasy book related. To make you aware, we have no affiliation with any author or publishing house. And please give us some grace if we pronounce things differently. Our accents are weird enough as it is. So grab some coffee. And some cake. And we'll we'll get get stuck stuck in. in. Hello and welcome back to our podcast uh, number two episode. Um, so first want to start off with a massive spoiler warning. Huge spoiler warning. Do not listen any further if you haven't read all of the Sarah J Mass books. I'm talking Akatar, Throne of Glass and Crescent City, including House of Flame and Shadow. Because today's episode is going to be total chaos. We did a... <laughs> Readathon of House and Flame and Shadow um, on the 30th. So we came out at midnight, we stayed up until two o'clock reading, got four hours sleep, came back at six and finished it that day. Yep. Um, so we're still processing, but we thought while we were processing, we could process with you guys. Um, Adam is not with us because he is not up to date and therefore he's not even allowed to listen to this podcast. Um. <laughs> He'll get to it eventually. He will. He will. But uh, yeah, for now, you know, there's things we throw out here that we might never come back to because we might look into it and think, actually, no, that is not what we meant. Or there's no background or grounding to that. Um, there's things that maybe we'll delve into more in other episodes and do proper like theory episodes and research on some of the bits. But I mean, we finished it like a couple of days ago, so uh, give us a little bit of grace um, with everything that we're trying to get through. I'm sure everybody feels the same. Yeah, because I've just done the speed read, so mm-hmm. I haven't gone back and reread and like highlighted and noted to no. double check things and stuff. So no. it is literally just every single question that's popped into your yeah. heads. So the only thing is, is I took a bit of time to write down some questions and some of the things I've looked into a little bit further, but not in any any depth. So I've got some things that I'm going to throw out. Vicky has some thoughts. There's some things that I've kept as a surprise, which I know whenever we're speed reading, like there's going to be so many things that we've missed. So whenever we go back and do the read and do the proper kind of highlighting and research and stuff into it, we'll get more. But anyway, so we're going to start. First thing is first. Who, what and where is Fury? I agree completely. She just was not part of that book. No. At all. And I have so many questions about her character. Yeah. So I'm I hoping mean, they can answer it in the next book. But. Yeah, I kind of think, I think actually possibly, you know, the majority of the SJM fan base thought we were going to learn at least what Fury was. Yeah, where she was like, from. Something or, to do yeah. with her. Um, I have like, obviously, so Vicky and I had a conversation at, at some point during the reread before <laughs> this, the third one came out. And we just kind of through this wild thing to the wind where um I think what is it is it an Akawar or Akamath it's in one of the books where Keir asks it's Reese, Wings and Ruin I think is it Wings and Ruin uh-huh, Keir asks Reese permission to leave so he like because Thanatos is having trouble with his daughter again which everybody knows and everybody's kind of like right well obviously that's Thanatos Thanatos is a prince of hell and then I think we just kind of threw out this what if what if Fury is Thanatos' daughter? What if she's the person that she's, she's having trouble with? <laughs> now, 
no backing to that, so no, we could be very wrong. But there was a bit of us that was like, what a fury is that at her daughter? And that's why she didn't fight. Daddy told her she wasn't allowed to come to the big battle. You know? <laughs> it's too risky. Because we were saying, you know, from the character that she built up and knowing that she just disappears off to these places and she does this crazy stuff, but she never really talks about it. Whenever Bryce says to her about having to stay in Avalon. And babysit. Well, she was like yeah. babysitting, but then she was so cool about it. But it, surely if you... If you had that skill set, surely you'd be like, also eh, if you no, were willing, I'm going into yeah, battle. Yeah, so. she was willing to do so much. So why was she so cool with just chilling in Avalon? Knowing that that was But happening. then do we have confirmation she actually did? We don't. Could she have been on the battlefield? In her animal form as the daughter of the <laughs> When a tinfoil hat theory sticks. <laughs> um, so yeah, obviously no backing to that. So, you know, don't grill us for the fact that this could be really stupid and you could have something that tells us that we're wrong. If you do, please tell us because yes, otherwise... want to know. <laughs> this tinfoil hat theory might stick. So yeah, Fury, we still have no idea. No. We have absolutely nothing. I really, really hope we get more of her in the next Crescent City book. Yes. Which we now have confirmed that there is going to be another one, even if it's going to be a while. Yes. I really hope we start to find out more about that character. Yeah, well, if I jump forward, there's also the possibility that we find out about her in the next book. Because tinfoil hat theory is on again, <laughs> right? And we might not. Once again, this is all just random stuff that we've thrown out. So we also had a conversation where we were like, oh, like Fury's description sounds a wee bit like Amaranth. Yeah. And there is that theory goes around. Yeah. About, like you they're, know, her being they're similar, you know. So the bit um, where Bryce is, you know, down in the tunnel cave system thing with Nesta and Azrael. Uh-huh. Um, and then Nesta like uses Bryce's phone as bait. And she's kind of like, you know, obviously you can... Bryce is like, oh, I can teleport you across this because obviously Az's wingspan is too big to fly across the, the ravine. Then that was such an <laughs> to the fan base. I love it. wingspan. <laughs> so, um... I'll bet you anything Cassie and Arise could have flown across. Oh, maybe. Maybe that's in the next book. Maybe they have that's to it. test it. Yeah. Maybe Az goes back and is like, guys, I can fly across this, but... You can. <laughs> bet you can. <laughs> um, anyway, so... Nesta obviously had Bryce's phone and whenever she goes to hand it back to Bryce she says there's a portrait hidden inside the casing one of you and three females so that's in chapter 16 yeah if Fury looked like Amran uh-huh surely we can just imagine this we like you know the night quarter together, sitting around the dining table, having their dinner. Nesta's like... Nesta pulls out this picture and Amran. is like, Amran, <laughs> why are you with the girl that just landed here? <laughs> or yeah. like, Amran, do you have a sister? Or surely there is something. However, we might, like, it still might have happened. Yeah, because we only really see Nesta and Azrael. So we don't yeah. know how the rest of the inner yeah. circle are responding to these things they also might already know like Amran might be like this is the story but you cannot tell anyone yeah and therefore nesta could be like oh there's a picture here one of you and three females and in her the back of her head she could be like and i wouldn't mess with that one because <laughs> i know what she is in either world <laughs> yeah or tinfoil hat theory if she is thanatos's daughter maybe reese has seen the picture and has been like 
I'm away to speak to Thanatos because he's obviously hanging about somewhere in Hewn City or something. Yeah. With care. That is, a Thanatos is actually the same as the Prince of the Pit, and it's not just like a name that's been passed down through the generations. That's also true. Could be. It could be. We have no confirmation about it. I know of that, it's the so. same name, and that that's a huge coincidence. Yeah, massive. But, you know, if names are passed down through generations, then. Yeah, massive. You know, it could be great, 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 great granddaddy was Thanatos. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know. Having more kids. Having more kids. <laughs> and it's just um, yeah. throwing them out there. Yep. So that's the other one that we need to just remember. Like we've got nothing in the back here other than the fact that if she actually does, if Fury actually does look like Amran and they saw that in their picture, potentially we could see that in Akatar 6. Yeah, that could be something that's You know, that could on. be a story yeah. that is touched on. Who knows? So... Um. Some of it just thrown out that we were like, oh, that was quite nice. The Dread Trove, four items, included the horn. Yeah. We kind of thought that that was going to be, but it was just nice to get confirmation that we're not all mental. Yeah. It's always nice to have something in writing that, yeah. yes, this is spelled out completely yeah. 100% the way you think it you is. You think it is, yeah. yeah. And the Asteri are Daglin. Yeah. <clears throat> and again, we think that they're also Valg, but yeah. I would say there was not that complete... The Asteria or Valg. No, there was no yet. explicitness. No. Even with whenever they speak to Vesperus. Yeah. Who is the Valg that they meet in the, prison, the prison cave system. Like she doesn't even mention we were in another world or we do this or we no, do that. No, it's all very vague. There's enough there that makes you think, yes, they are. Although something's just clicked with me and I, you might need to search it on your Kindle. Okay. Was there a mention of collars? I think there might have been a mention I know of collars. They always referred to Lydia's torque as a collar. No, I think Vesperus mentioned something to do with collars. Let me just or check. or Regulus maybe I don't know, but anyway, the start of Celine's while you're looking for that. Yeah. The start of Celine's memories, which is why we're kind of like, I think what initially whenever we were both reading it, kind of side by side. Vicky obviously got there quicker than I did, but chapter eighteen. Um, when Celine, who obviously we know now is the missing daughter, um, she shows like the Daglin and the Asteri and she says, you know, there was a lady there and she was black haired, white skin, red lips, crown of stars. Like it was very Maeve like. <laughs> Even their line in the coffin. Yes. As I would have assumed Erwin would have been under Morath. Yeah, so there was it was that very similar. Initial, yeah. So there's obviously no, there's no straight story of we were once here and this is what we did. Um, There's also the difference with the Asteri using the like bright light powers and taking the magic from people, whereas the Valg like sucked, sucked the, the bodies to a yeah. husk and also fed on, they fed on the fear so they fed on people's like fear and their worst. Because you remember when Aelin goes in and she has to relive all those horrific yeah. memories. Yeah, and the talk about it, you know, it's almost linked to the mental health issues that yeah. Kale was having whenever yes. Irene was trying to remove <coughs> yeah. the parasite from his back. So there's a little bit of difference there. But it's it's not enough for us to be like, no, they're definitely not the same thing. Yeah. 
but it's also not enough for us to be like no they definitely are the same thing it was thanatos actually that referred to the colors okay thanatos said and it's page 769 Mm -hmm. um the black crowns were colors in hell so that's whenever he was talking about the black crown inked on Hunt's forehead yes he says that in hell they were colors okay um and they they were spells crafted by the Asteri to enslave us. Okay. So again, we're getting a, a similarity. whole lot of similarities yeah. and a whole lot of hints, but no complete confirmation yeah. that yeah. the Valg are Asteri Daglin. Yeah. 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 Okay. And then the next chapter there you've got just I guess a little bit of like so chapter nineteen, the cauldron was kept at Ramiel. Yeah. Um and then it says something along the lines of like it was originally for creation, but the Daglin turned it into something of a tool of destruction Which as well. Is what Bryce calls it a kill switch. A kill switch, yeah. yeah. So obviously the cauldron initially wasn't made to be that like that creep that was calling Elaine away in the middle of the night. <laughs> no. But it also then gives us more of an insight as to in Wings and Ruin, whenever they were trying to defeat Highburn's army and the cauldron became a void that had to be yes patched up. You know, yes. you now have that background of oh, this is why. This is why. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah, absolutely. So there's those things. There's also Lydia. This is where it gets interesting. Laura has like a whole family tree done out here. Yes. So, <laughs> well, no, the family tree actually I have is is Thea. Oh, okay. But just the brand, just Bran, Bran, and just. Brannon. I felt <laughs> so stupid whenever she said that because up until Lydia said Brannon, it had not clicked in my mind that her son was Bram. At, at no point did I go, oh, here, that's familiar. <laughs> it was just completely. <laughs> and I think that was one of the best moments of the book because I, I was ahead of Laura and mm-hmm. I have a video of her reaction to it. It's fantastic. Yeah, I was like, <gasps> no. <laughs> Yeah, so it says here, page 770, it says, It confirmed what Lydia had long guessed, why she had named Brannon after the oldest legends from her family's bloodline, of a fey king from another world, far in his veins, who had created stags with the power of flame to be his sacred guards. Lovely. It's just lovely. It's just, it's, it's just, just, I mean, <laughs> I, I personally wanted Manon to show up and be given a gun. I mean, that would have made all my dreams come true. Absolutely. I think her with an automatic weapon is just yeah. a thing of beauty. Actually, to be honest, I, you know, even you know. if you'd given it to Lysandra or Aelin or any yeah. of them showing up holding the gun would yeah. have been like, what? But I am glad that if we didn't get a full Throne of Glass crossover, that there was enough of a mention in this yeah. book that we can say, yep, we're right in thinking that the shifters were... The Fae from yeah. Throne of Glass. Yeah. Um, you know, we can make that connection yeah. now. And then we have that name Brannon and yeah. we get the reason why Lydia does sound a bit like Aelin. Yes. You know, they do look similar. They do and look similar. Why, obviously, apart from the eyes, mm-hmm. I have a tinfoil hat theory on that. Go. So my tinfoil hat theory on her eyes, which are basically Manon's eyes, they're I was gonna say witch eyes, but technically they're Val King eyes. Val King eyes, yeah. Um but Manon's eyes come from Rhiannon Crocken. And Rhiannon helped Brannon with the witch mirror. Mm-hmm. So after the whole ordeal we know of from Throne of Glass with Brannon and Elena. Mm-hmm. And obviously Mala, who was her mother, who would then moved mm-hmm. on. 
Did Brannon get with Rhiannon Crockett and have children? And is Lydia a descendant of that line? Yeah. I mean, I know it's a little bit. So Lydia is like fey, fairy, valgy, witchy. Yeah. <laughs> She's just got She's it all. Awesome. She's just cool. <laughs> anyway, yeah. that, that's my tinfoil hat theory on that. Probably yeah. wrong, but I just, it's, it's the eyes then that yeah. stand out for me. We have the Throne of Glass connection now. Yeah, and I also had a few questions around the whole, like, so during the first the first two books of Crescent City, really the second book, I guess, whenever Cormac came into play. Yeah. And before we knew all of this, everybody was like, Cormac and Lydia, like there's something there. They look kind of similar. They both somehow got into the the rebel yeah. business somehow. Like there's something there. Obviously, Lydia can shift into a deer. Yeah. Cormac's dad, King Morvan. Is referred stag to as king. the stag king. So there's just something not tied up there for me where I'm kind of like, there was obviously, so I don't even know where it is in the book and that's terrible, but there was there was a situation in the book where Lydia and King Morvan talked, you know, whenever they went to yes. Avalon and, you know, everybody else was away. So it was literally just Lydia and Morvan. I remember this part because that was the part where I thought, is more than Lydia's father. Yeah. Because she made a comment. She said something about like, you know, what uh-huh. you would do for your children or something like that. That you were like, oh, yeah. okay. Um, but then there's like, why was he the stag king? Like, why? Why? Just why? Yeah. Why did Cormac, why was there similarities in how they looked? Maybe it was just similarities. You know, people can look the same. Obviously, there's only so many different hair colours and eye colours you can put on somebody in a book. Yeah, no, there is. So, <clears throat> but it's more the fact that they kind of looked similar. It's the stag king thing. Yeah. And I'm like, right, I kind of want to look there, there's into a that a little bit more. coincidences through that. Obviously, he's now dead. So, like, we can't just, we can't just phone Morvan up and ask him what's going on. Yeah. But I think there's just something slightly more to that. No, I would be um, in agreement. Yeah. Before we jump in, I just want to, there's a bigger thing that I want to jump into, but I want to hit a few, like, quicker bits as well. So, um, Jessica, 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 we know what she was. That yes. was a question that we all had. Yeah. Um, obviously she was just, she was just a mere human. <laughs> yeah, but she was a priestess with a call, who so stuck by her Absolutely. library. Yeah. For her life's work. Yeah. And I think that that is lovely. Absolutely. And it explains a lot about her and a lot about her actions because she basically, it was protect. Those, yeah. And I mean, she's 15,000 years old. Yeah. So and she's, she's not also take crap from everyone. like cursed by <laughs> the Prince of Hell. Yes. <laughs> um, and then obviously is like sorcery. Like, has become some witch through that. Yeah. You know, she she has spells. I think she says to um, Ethan at one point that, like, she was the one that put the spells in the books. Yes. So, like, you know, she could actually, like, she could do yeah. stuff magic-wise. But she obviously started off as a human. Um, One of the questions then that I'd written down here is how does that tie into the end of House of Earth, Earth and Blood? Blood. Because there's the bit at the end where she is talking to Adis 
and it's like Hans dad would have been proud or like how do you think Hans dad would have failed and then Ada said Ada said he, he would be proud of him uh-huh. and she's like oh how sentimental of you yes and then did Ada say to her Ada said well you you, you would you would know because you knew him best you or would something, know him best it? yeah so now that we know obviously that brings us into the Hans dads yeah so we know that Hans dad right Hans had a biological dad yes who was not a prince of hell he was no. he was just a pure yeah. science guy who got roped into this <laughs> and then obviously thanatos and apollyon thanatos took a part of apollyon and crafted what was needed to create what was hunt. needed to create hunt yeah. so like apollyon could also be dad although thanatos at one point was also like no he's mine suppose he feels like he's the creator he's the creator yeah but then there's also the biological dad so who who are we talking about because i find it really weird if ada says to to see but jessica you you knew him best yeah if we're talking about apoleon because like that's your brother like and Ada's, she was just some priestess that, that he cursed. cursed yeah so there's like there should, there should be more there to should that be story. more to that story if yeah. it's talking about apoleon because obviously ada would have should have known him better yeah Unless but just, we don't know, we which don't know which dad, dad. they're talking about. Yeah. But are we ever going to find out? Because she is now in a resting place. But Apollyon isn't. But Apollyon isn't. Yep. Yeah, so anyway, another question. Yep. Yeah. Um, and then I just had Hunt's dad's written down in my next point. So <laughs> we've kind of just touched on, on, that, on yeah. that. Like obviously learning that, knowing where he came from. I don't know if many people would have been shocked that he was... I think everybody had an inkling that he had something to do with hell. hell yeah, yeah, like I think it was it was known. Um, speaking of hell, this is something that I haven't written down, but I just wanted to be like, what? The shadows. That whenever they were in, when they were the dungeons. in the dungeons. It's just like Frost and Starlight. That's what I was going to say. Whenever Moore was at her estate and was out on the horse. Yes. Yeah, I, I fully expect like Apollyon or Aedas to turn up in Akatar now. Yeah. Because they've clearly been watching. Yeah, yeah, yeah. At least yeah. that's the, the yeah. impression I'm getting. Yeah, so, which also then does that tie into it being more likely that Thanatos is Thanatos? I don't know. You know, the, the yeah. Akatar Thanatos is the Prince of Hell Thanatos. You're determined to make Fury Thanatos' daughter, aren't you? Uh, honestly, I think I would love it. It would make so much sense to me. But who knows? Um, But anyway, yeah, the shadows that... There was also a link. I, it was nothing to do with the shadows. And this anybody can go away and look it up. We don't need to look it up right now. But just talking about in A Court of Frost and Starlight, whenever Moore sees the shadow, she says something about it and says it's familiar yet foreign. Yes. Familiar yet foreign was a line written in Hofas. Because I saw it and was oh. like, oh. But I don't think it was anything to do with shadows because at the time it didn't link anything directly to me yeah. other than the fact that it was the same words. But yeah, more digging might be needed. So there, there we go. Yeah, yeah there's some homework. Um. <clears throat> so yeah, now the shadows and the dungeons and the shadows and with more is a thing. Yeah. Um, Hans where are the four other princes of hell? What are they doing? They they're sp- helping other worlds. <laughs> like just called it out, being like, nope, it's just gonna be the three of us. The four of them are away doing something else. No, but they're helping other worlds. Yeah. Which then leads to the question of how many Asteri Daglin are there out there and like, how many worlds have they conquered what that hell's other away unleashing itself you know are those shadows another is another world they're helping prithian because they know something is still there 
Yes. Or they know something's and is that coming. Prince of Hell. Is that another Prince of Hell that Could is showing be. in shadows that yeah. is watching things? Hopefully it's not more. Hopefully it's not more that they're <laughs> keeping an eye on. That has just hit me. More can't be bad. No. More is inherently good. Like you've pushed the evil race theory enough. I'm going we'll to say that in another episode. <laughs> <laughs> let's, let's just leave everybody's good. Can I just okay. say I love Reese, but there's things I just can't ignore. <laughs> more is inherently good in my eyes. <laughs> yeah, okay, we're going to leave. Maybe they're yeah. protecting more. They're protecting more. We'll go with that. Um, but yeah, Four Princes of Hell, obviously they're away doing something else. I mean, there's probably a tie here where I'm assuming some people are going to be like, are three of them, did they turn bad? Did they become the Valg kings? Did something happen there? I don't know. Yeah. You know, I know that was a theory before this book came out, before we knew that hell wasn't good, for sure. You know, we were still a wee bit questioning. Yeah, but even right up into that final battle, whenever she opened the gate yes, to you hell still at the men, like... I was still a bit like, I. it's this, but then maybe this is just because I was waiting for complete emotional trauma, that I yeah. was like, are they going to turn on Midgard? Um. Obviously, they didn't, and that's great. But I just, yeah. I just could not trust them, which is really bad. Yeah. Yeah. No. Totally. So, I think a lot of people kind of thought that maybe those first three, because they were never mentioned, were they Erwin, yeah. Orcus, and Mantix. Hmm. Yeah. But they're they're but then there's Valg. another one that's missing then because there's and then there's seven. another one that's yeah. missing, and they're Valg, and the Princes of Hell aren't. Yeah. We, well, unless the Valve aren't the Asteri and there's some... But, you know, yeah. that all gets very tangly and messy. So I just want to know where they are. What world are they in? Are we going to get introduced to a new world? Well, that could be one of our new series. Because she it said there's all this new stuff lined up. Yeah. So. Can I talk about my... Because Throne of Glass is my favourite. Can I talk about the Underking? Because that yes. part really excited me too. Yes. Um. One, you know, obviously he just mentioned Word and I... Yep. girly screaming dance yeah so we know that thona is word so the mother that's referred to in throne of glass mm-hmm. and with the cauldron in her hands as mm-hmm. is depicted in akatar we can guess that mm-hmm. it's the same one and the same goddess higher being yep. whatever way you want to refer to it as but the under king i mean from the description he had he mentioned barrows and I was transported back to... I actually have it here. Era Fire. Yeah. So cha- <laughs> this is all in chapter 81. Yeah. So he says, this place is much better suited to my mm-hmm. needs than the caves and barrows I was confined to. Yeah. I mean, that's a barrow white, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You're back to Mistford in mm-hmm. Throne of Glass, mm-hmm. which ties into the mist for Thin Worlds. Yes. Yeah, 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 it does. Yeah, the next quote that they had... Just to like reiterate what you said was the Underking was talking about the, the statue that he had beside him whenever <coughs> um Ethan and Hypaxia were there. Yes. And said, and she, Erd, was not a goddess, but a force that governed worlds, a cauldron of life brimming with the language of creation. And it says, Word, we called her in that old world. Throne so, a glass. Throne a glass, yeah. Throne of Glass for sure. I get so excited anytime Throne of Glass is mentioned. (laughs) The only thing is, though, obviously, it does sound like he was a Barrowite. Yeah. But if you go back and read the description of the Underking from House of Earth and Blood, he's also described very similar to the Surreal. We had this conversation before. Uh Uh-huh. And it comes back to that thing again where we've talked about many a times where we're like, the, I guess, the, the type 
of creature yeah that somebody is might not make them inherently good or bad you know we've obviously if the barawite the surreal the underking they're all the same thing yeah say they're all the same creature throughout the worlds the surreal obviously was not bad like we no. like he like yeah he she they they were the best they were so that maybe just shows us as well like if it if it is also linked to the surreal that it's not necessarily us looking at something and being like oh you're that you know like we could even say it with the wolves do you know what i mean like you had wolves that were really good yeah and then you had the one that i don't i always i just don't um it's like she who must not be named she who must sabine. Not, sabine sabine who well, she wasn't great let's be um, honest <laughs> can be said when you look even towards again i'm going to say throne of glass again but when you look at the witches yeah and you look at manon you know and the same 13, thing it's the same thing yeah. and then that goes back to a theme i see right from the beginning the whole way through and it's seen most with race where it's always about choice, choice. which brings my evil race theory back into play <laughs> it's always about choice and it's about being open to have those choices for yourself. Really what we're saying is that Reese is choosing to be good even though... <laughs> I am not giving this any time of the day. No, we're going to have to do a whole episode of Reese. Really yeah. <laughs> anyway, so the other point about the Underking though, which we briefly just talked about before we jumped yeah. on here, was that in House of Earth and Blood, um, whenever Bryce learnt about the whole terrible second light scenario yeah um there was something and i would need to go back and find the whole thing again but essentially we knew that connor and the pack of devils never mind danica because she obviously made a different yeah, choice different. yeah they weren't going to get passed through something had happened where they had been protected yeah and in chapter 45 of hofas connor asked jespa why the underking was told not to touch connor and she says that she doesn't know. So we still don't know who, who gave that order or why. Yeah, that's something that's we still come up, don't know. It? Yeah. Because essentially we like she Sarah could have left that. That didn't have to be a line. No, that didn't have to be mentioned at all. Like I honestly I, I probably would have kind of forgot about it. I would have maybe went back and read it and been like, right, well there was something, you know, yeah. don't touch it because you know, I don't know, the Asteri had another plan for keeping them there yeah. and then putting them through at some point. You know, we could have made up any sort of sensible reason, but the fact that it was brought up again where he What's said... A, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, and the answer was, I don't know. And so, she, like, we confirmed that, like, Jasper was the, the, the second in command. Yeah. So, like, any decision you would assume that she did, she would yeah. kind of know. So, I don't know. I don't know, but there we go. Um... So, the last big one. <laughs> no, it's not the last big one, actually. It's the second last big one. So, two more points, right? So, I have to lift my book up here because Vicky's not allowed to see part of this. Right, so, we're taking you back to whenever Bryce and Azrael and Nesta are going through the tunnels and they come across, you know, the eight-pointed star and yeah. then Celine. Uh-huh. So, missing daughter, great, we found out who she is. Yeah. So, a lot of other things that were obviously confirmed here with, like, Theon and Thea. 
So the High King was Fionn, the yeah. High Queen was Thea. She was the one that betrayed him yeah. with her general, who was Peleus. Yeah. Um, and he... There's so much to get through here. So Theon obviously died in a bog, which we're presuming... We are assuming is in the middle. Is the middle. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it sounds very like it anyway. Whenever he died, something brought up. Either he pushed it up or, for some reason, the bog pushed up the star sword, Gwydion. Yeah. And Trith Teller. Okay. Whenever it refers to Trith Teller, it refers to it as, and I don't have the actual wording here, but it was essentially the dagger that belonged to his friend who had fallen and that he had worn it at his side ever since. So he'd never used it. Okay. He'd worn it at his side ever since. But obviously, he knew what it was because we get this whole description of Thea and Fionn at the cauldron, at the monolith. Yeah. Ramiel making these items. Yes. So they knew exactly. Like, so obviously that's why he's like, right, you need both of these. Or somebody knew that they needed both yeah. of them. And it was put back up and Thea took them. So later on, I'm kind of jumping back and forth to make this make sense. Later on, whenever we meet Vesperus, the Asteria in the coffin, she looks at Asriel, sees Truth Teller. Yeah. And says, like, basically, an alias, I see that you bear his dagger. So if we bring it right back again to the fact that then Fionn's friend who had fallen with the dagger, like that dagger was his friend. Uh Yeah, exactly. So we've got that thinking Fionn and Anelius were friends. He had the dagger. Fionn had the star sword Gwydion. Thea Peleus betrayed them, took it off them. Thea went on sort of absolute power rampage and decided that she was going to take over all these worlds and really wasn't a very nice story, essentially. But they got to Midgard. Um, you had Celine and Helena or Helena. What way are we doing this? I don't know. I'm going to go with Helena just because that makes more sense to us, but I'm very aware that we're from a very small part of the world. <laughs> it's probably Helena. <laughs> it's probably yeah. Helena, but we'll go... I'll, I'll say Helena. Helena and Celine. Um where her their two children. So Thea, Peleus, Helena, Selene. They opened the portal. Yeah. They went to Midgard. They brought other people with them. Which is where we get them the was it the Autumn Court? The Autumn Court. So and... they're referred to as fire wielders from the south that look just like Bryce's father. Yeah. That were taken that came with them from Prithian. So that that's members of the Autumn Court really. So members it? of the Autumn Court. Now we still don't have a description for Peleus. So if we go down that bloodline there's in chapter 60 of Hofas, Aedas told Bryce, when Bryce, we find out that Thea split her power into three and Bryce had to get all three yeah. parts. Aedas told Bryce that she already had the power that came down through Helena's bloodline. Okay. So that means Bryce came from Helena and Peleus's bloodline. Yeah. The Autumn King has slipped somewhere in the middle there, obviously, because yep. Bryce looks like the Autumn King. I don't think there's any doubt that the Autumn King was her dad. Yes, no, I think um, that's for her. Yeah, so we're assuming maybe Peleus was Autumn Court and that description was Peleus being part of the Autumn Court yeah. and and that's why they look the way they do, which is And fine. have the power of fire. And have the power of fire. So that makes sense. However, 
this is going to get really confusing. So I think we probably will have to put a diagram up on Instagram to show yeah. this whole scenario <laughs> that I have written on my page. Thea obviously also had the other daughter, Celine. So whenever everything was going to pot in Midgard and it just wasn't going to plan, Thea tried to send Celine and Helena back yeah. to Prithian. Obviously, Helena never got there. So she had the horn. The horn stayed in Midgard. She never yeah. got through. Celine got through. Celine had the harp and the dagger. Yeah. Truth teller. And she got through and she closed that horrible story of her closing the yes. the gate uh-huh. and the fae banging on the stone and, and that sort of thing. Horrific. So she came back to Prithian. Whenever we first see her in chapter 18, as the first words he says is, she looks like Reese's sister. Okay. Says he says it in a pained way. And that could just be because it's the Reese's sister and, and, and it's the grief yeah. and the loss. So she looks like Reese's sister. And obviously took his breath away enough that it was literally the first thing he said. Yeah. Whenever there was this mal- magical TV teleportation in front of him, the first thing he noticed was she yeah. looked like Reese's sister. So so we can assume then that whenever Celine got back to Prithian... She well, it says well, it she says, married into the night court. Yes, she went. And then the that's Lord's obviously son. then one of the ancestors for that line that now that's Reese's what we would Lord. assume. Throwing something into the mix though is obviously we've got Rune. Yeah. And how many times, at the end, of House of Earth and Blood. Yeah. And Earth, no, Sky and Breath. House of Sky and Breath, and the start of Flame and Shadow. Were we told that they he was identical to Reese? Yeah, it, it right. was. You mean like you were really hit over the head? Identical. With it? Uh-huh. They looked so similar. Rune obviously looks nothing like the Autumn King. No, they don't look anyway similar. He looks like his mom, isn't that? He, he says looks he gets... like so. It says that he inherited his dark hair, blue eyes, and his powers from her. So the shadow wielding and power. And that was all Avalon. That was all Avalon. His mom is called Lauren. So if he looks like his mom. And they both look like Reese, and Celine looks like Reese's sister. What? How? Yeah, because that's not coming down through the line Celine of the autumn stayed. Pain yeah, that links back to Helena. No, so it's a to- it's a totally different line. Yeah. Celine stayed in Prithian, presumably she stayed in Prithian, and then all of a sudden there's this like genetic pull, that is in Avalon, through Lauren, whose yeah. mum was a Donal. Mother Donald, so Rune, Rune's grandmother was a Donald, which, which is, is why they're cousins. Yes. Um. Looks like we're presuming looks like Reese's family line because that's yes. where Rune gets his looks from. Yeah. And Rune looks identical to Reese that we've been told, like literally identical. And Celine looks like Reese's sister. So there is something there that is like. Something that I what? just can't quite yeah. Also, yeah. Also, we have Rune at the end whenever he takes the antidote, and there's a, a description where whenever he's trying to protect Lydia's kids, yeah, and he like lashes out his power. And honestly, you could put the scene in to Akatar, oh, yeah, and it's it Reese's magic, yeah. You know, it's like it's so identical that you're like, what? So 
there there's something there that I think we need to dig deeper into. That needs that's gonna be a yeah. big yeah. in depth look at, I think. Yeah. And then the other questions around this that I guess are maybe a little <laughs> uncomfortable are so let me get this what it says. So Celine says after she came back to Prithian and she did the whole like closing the gate, yeah. know what happened, blah blah blah. She says, yet when my first son was born, when the babe screamed and the sound was full of night, I brought him to the prison and keyed the wards into his blood. No one knew that the infant who sometimes glowed with starlight had inherited it from me, that it was the light of the evening star, the dusk star. She then told her son basically everything that happened, told him not to tell her mate and one day he had promised to tell his son and his son after that. And she said something along the lines of like, as far as I know, yeah, that has happened. That's the bit where Asriel got a bit dodgy to Nesta me. Nesta looks at Asriel and says, does Reese know? And Asriel just goes, no. That's an awful quick denial. Yeah. So also at the end of chapter 21, she says that she did this. So the child of my child can see this now. I was thinking, being like, right, well, that's fine because it's like it's still ancestry. Like Bryce is there. Yeah. She's got the ancestry that comes back to Thea, and that all makes sense. Then part of me was like, but, but Az that... is there. Oh. Yeah. So she essentially says something along the lines of like the child of my child of my child. Uh-huh. I've left this so they can see. Like only you will see. And I was like, oh, well, that makes sense because Bryce is the, uh, you know, that, uh, that's all. Uh-huh. But then I was like, oh, but Az is there as well. And Az has Trist Teller. And Az and has Trist Teller. Yeah. So, oh, that's a lot to unpack. Mm-hmm. Yep. That's a lot to unpack. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Especially given Az was so adamant with the, no, Reese no. doesn't know. And maybe Reese doesn't know. Maybe Az did. Mm-hmm. I mean, does, does Az know everything? That Reese knows or doesn't know? I don't know. I don't know. There's just, there's so much yeah, there. Yeah, that's, that's yeah. a lot. Right. I, that, I'm going to need a, a while yeah. to process that, I think. Yeah. Ooh. Also, just like a wee, a wee fun bit for you here, right? Is that, do you remember whenever in Akatar, whenever um, Feyre asks, says to Tamlin, Something about being a high lady. And Tamlin yes. essentially like laughs her down the hall and is like, I, there's, no, high there's no such thing as high ladies. And then Reese makes her high lady. And then is it the winter court? Is it Vivian who kind of then keeps jesting about the fact yeah, that she's, she's going to be made high lady? Like yeah. she's pushing for it. And even though it's not done, Feyre got it. So she should have it. Blah, 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 blah. In chapter 21, Celine uh-huh. says, I'm just going to read this quote, right? She was talking about when she married the High Lord's son uh-huh. and he became High Lord. He wanted me to be High Lady as the other Lord's mates were. So there were High Ladies. Mm-hmm. But yep. then, but, but she chose not to be then. She chose not to be. She said she so didn't she want it. she started the trend. Possibly. Or some other point, something, else something happened. happened. Just, he wanted me to be High Lady as the other Lord's mates were. So there was high lords and high ladies. Okay, my head obviously goes to the fact that Reese was so happy to buck tradition and make Feyre high lady. Mm-hmm. But is it because he knew, having that seen what's in the prison, that 
there were high ladies before. Oh, we're back I to don't know. race again. Right. Move on. <laughs> I don't know. But it is the thing, like, so as is there, and obviously we've got that whole thing to unpack. Yeah. Either we're just talking about something that was a story that over the generations got forgotten about and so yeah. filtered out that genuinely none of them knew about and this is just Which is, is what it is. It's possible. Fine. Totally fine. There's the other theory where Reese knew. But there's the whole thing with when Bray Allen is trying to get the dread trove. Yes. And they're frantically looking for it. Yeah. And you would presume in that situation, because Reese was so frantic about having to protect everybody and having to win, that he would have been like, I actually know where the harp is kept. Like, everybody knows him so well that I don't know of too many people at that point would have been like, well, why? Why do you know? You know, he could have yeah. just been like, the harp has been kept under the prison for safekeeping because nobody else can get there. It won't be used. Yeah, you There's a story even, he could have spun. Yeah, and you wouldn't have even blinked if he went and I couldn't tell you for your own good. Yeah. Because I think you're at the stage where Reese a bit like Aelin. You just assume that he has... Everybody's best interest, heart. Uh, yeah, but also yeah. his own agenda and yeah, yeah, how yeah. he goes about that. Yeah. Yeah. So part of me is like maybe he genuinely didn't know because you would assume. However... To then turn the head back in this again. Because there's so much for and against. There is. Nesta only knew where the harp was because an image came into her head, essentially. Who now, puts images I, into people's exactly, heads? Exactly. Like, I know the oh. whole thing was talked about differently where she was listening to... Music. Music, and she was listening to Gwyn sing. Yes. And, you know... But, like, she was just there listening and then all of a sudden... Pop. She knew where it was. And, it call, like, it said it called to her. But we also can't ignore the fact that Reese is somebody who has the power to do that himself. Yeah. And maybe for some reason was protecting himself in being like, I don't know, I made a promise that I can't tell anybody this story. So... I'll just show you the minimum you need to know. Because possibly. I'm keeping my word. I don't know. There is a lot to unpack there. A lot to unpack. A lot. But the High Lady one was my most my most fun. Yeah. Fun part. I like that. Yeah. So definitely. Yeah. Um and then the very last one was just something, and to be honest, this was a me thing, right? It just really snagged with me. And it snagged with me. Do you remember when we were reading and I pointed this out when we were reading? Yeah. And I was like, there there was just something. So whenever we first I wonder can I actually pull up the Hold on, right, let me just try and find this because... While you're finding that, I'll mm. talk about the point that sticks with me briefly. And yep. I have no answers to this, so it's a really quick one. Yeah. But at the end of the book, one, clearly Mass is heading towards um some kind of relationship thing with Ethan and Perry. Yeah. But yep. two, how many times did they talk about the fact that Perry's scent was changing? And what does that mean? Because it was mentioned after she took the antidote. <gasps> is she a shifter? Like a like a Lysandra shifter? I don't know. Because she had a changing scent. That just, you yeah. mentioned this before. I, mean, I know. Literally I've just talking about this. Yeah. Um, so it talks about the fact that her scent was changing. Yeah. And that Ethan noticed the difference in her scent at certain times. Yeah. And then how it went back to your normal scent at another time. Yeah. And there's not a lot to go on. 
there's enough there and it was mentioned more than once that made me sit up and go oh here this could be something yeah but i have no clue what so theories on a postcard please help me out with that one (laughs) (laughs) i know it's something i just don't know (laughs) she's shifter she could be she could be a shifter like the lissandra yeah because like there's not like or the nrs yeah it's the other thing that always sat with me is that like out of all of the fae and all of the witches <laughs> like you got Lysandra and falcon yeah like really two of them in a whole world in three whole worlds <laughs> you know magic came back it's we've like two of fire them. power yeah ice power and we've got <laughs> yeah we've got shadows yeah. and yet there's yeah, Two but shippers. then you've also got the story that Lydia's mum told her. Yes. That we didn't actually talk about there. That obviously that was in Sky and Breath, I think, when she told Rune whenever they were, like, in their mind speaking. Yes. And she talked about, like, the the witch that got chased through the forest and she turned into, like, a hawk. And she then... turned into a hawk and then a stag. Yes. Because to me, again everything goes back to throne of glass yeah. and those two creatures yeah, are yeah. terracini yeah, yeah. <laughs> that makes and sense. also the story so. didn't not mean anything because it was brought up again in hofas where rune asked her yeah because he was like oh i thought that story meant that like wasn't it pull Pulux was the the bad people coming chasing for you. you yeah and i was like the knight that helped you and she was like no it was just a story my mom told me where did that story well, where come from? Where did the story come from? And did that come down? And why are we like, getting brought back to it again? With all of the ancestral stuff that came from yeah. Brannon. Yeah. So yeah, there's definitely more there. Something. Yeah. yeah. So anyway, in chapter eighteen, when um we first start talking to Celine. Yeah. And she like this is literally at the very start, like the same page where she says, "My story begins before I was born." So we're at the very very beginning. Okay. Um, and she explains that like the Daglin ruled over the High Fae and we in turn ruled humans. Um, and then she says we were forced to make the tithe to them once a year to offer up kernels of power and tribute to fuel their own power and to limit our own. And then it says Bryce's breath caught in her throat as an image of a Fae female kneeling at the foot of a throne appeared, a seed of light in her upheld hands. Smooth, delicate fingers closed around the fae female, female's droplet of power. It flickered, illuminating pale skin. And then it says, um, Bryce stilled as the memory zoomed out to reveal the hand's bearer. So this would be the Asteri we're yeah. talking about. It says, a black-haired, white-skinned Asteri. There was no mistaking the cold, otherworldly eyes. She lounged in golden robes, a crown of stars upon her head. Her red lips pulled back in a cold smile as her hand closed tightly around the seat of power. So we initially read that and we're like, that sounds like Maeve. Yeah. But the only thing that snagged me and it snagged me the first time was the crown of stars. Because as soon as I read that, I was like, crown of stars. Like, I knew that. Yeah. So I just, like last night I was sitting, I actually went to start my reread last night and all I could think about every word I was reading, I was like, crown of stars, it's a crown of stars, what's a crown of stars? So (laughs) I was like, do you know what, I'm just going to go and have a look. So this isn't in any way like into anything, but I think the most obvious one that everyone will go to is um, Rhiannon Crockins. Yeah. So Rhiannon Crockin had a crown of stars. Um... 
so we have it where it's written like a black haired beauty with a crown of stars standing before Elena and Gavin explaining how the witch mirror worked. Rhiannon Crocken. Yeah. So she had a crown of stars. It then got stolen from her by Baba Yellowlegs. Uh-huh. Um, and then she, Baba Yellowlegs, is wearing it at the carnival whenever yeah. uh, Aileen, Selena, she was Selena at the yeah. time, first met her. It says a crown of stars adorned her silver hair. It actually mentioned twice that she had the crown of stars, but I think that was more to do with the crown of stars was the witches and that. So yeah. then it ended up being Manon's. So Manon then got the crown, crown of stars. stars. And as she rightfully deserves. And it's mentioned so many times at the end, you know, during Kingdom of Ash that she was wearing that. And, yeah. you know, she was now what she was. She was the croc and she was the witch queen. Yes. Essentially, it wasn't just the croc, croc and queen. So that's all fine. So crown of stars. Well, when I say that's all fine, is it fine? <laughs> because she was wearing a crown of stars. The Asteri was wearing a crown of stars. Is it fine? But is that then back to the link where the witches came from the, the Val, Valk. breeding with the Fae? Maybe. And you've got that link back to Val, yeah. who we are assuming are also Yeah, Asteri. so there could be some sort of breeding down the line yeah. of, yeah. And that's the crown of stars. Which there. also means at some point that crown of stars would have had to go from Prithian. Because this memory was them in Prithian. To but maybe there's more talk. than one crown of stars. So speaking of just an Asteri symbol. If we just remember what was in your mind right okay. there. Yeah. In Akamath, chapter forty two. Okay, so we're back. Yeah. Uh-huh. In Prithian. Um, do you remember the scene where they first they when Feyre is with the Night Court and they have to go into the Court of Nightmares? Yes. And they have to do all of the acting and the yes. whatever. I think most people do remember those things. Yes. Yes. So <laughs> hard to forget. Yeah. So obviously, like, you're seeing from Feyre's point of view, them all come in. So she talks about everybody and what they look like walking in. And then she talks about this, like, crazy, sounds like the mountain shaking and obviously, like, Reese is being badass. And yeah. she says he walks in, he's dressed in black, his hands are in his pockets, shock. And on his head sat a crown of stars. Okay, so there's another crown of stars. That he only seems to wear. In the Hewn City? Yes. There is no other mention of him wearing this. So when Reese's being bad Reese in the Hewn City, he, he wears, wears a very Daglan Asteri coated crown. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. Um, there's one more, and I don't think it is the same, but just so it looks, you know, we haven't missed it. Um, Cressida. Yes. She wears a barbed crown of stars. So it's different in my okay. eyes. That's explained differently. Yeah. And I don't know if that's kind of like as a laughing stock to, to the, the Crocken Queen's crown of yeah. stars that Rhiannon Crocken wore. Then Baba Yellowleg stole. Yeah. And then she's now like, oh, I'm going to wear a barbed crown of stars. Yeah. It sounds different to me, but maybe it's something that we need to just not completely look past. No, just a mention. It just, yeah. yeah. Um, so to me, it kind of sounds like we've got like Reese and then the crown of stars that you've got like from going from Rhiannon Crocken to Babby Legs to Manon. Yeah. Manon. And okay. then... We'll have that in another I know. And then, <laughs> and then we've got this Asteri. Yeah. Who we learn is called... Vespers, mm-hmm. which Bryce specifically is like, are you related to Hesperus? 
the yes. evening star and then she's all like i am the evening star so don't know really how to unpack that it's like two people of a very similar name both claiming to be the evening star in two different worlds yeah but both are starry both are starry yeah vesperus and hesperus interesting yeah so yeah that's something um so she vesperus was wearing this crown of stars black hair white skin otherworldly eyes red lipped um wearing a golden gown it says skin so pale it glowed like the full moon hair was so dark it didn't reflect light at all she had crushing blue eyes that glowed and teeth white as snow now i put the teeth white as snow because i think maeve at some point they also talk about the fact that like yeah. this is just all so similar to maeve yeah but the thing about maeve is that we've learned that she picked that body which we all yeah. we keep needing to remember because I know I always stumble over the whole like Reese Maeve similarity. Because that's whenever people do the evil Reese theories and I go, yeah, but Maeve chose that body. Yes, that that's not inherently what she looks like. Yeah. She chose it for a reason. The crushing blue eyes. Man, we got somebody else with crushing blue eyes in the... There's a number of people with yeah. crushing blue eyes, aren't there? So, you know, don't know. The other interesting thing that, you know, when she was talking about the whole, like, skin so pale it glowed and she was being very descriptive about the looks. Yeah. They said that um, whenever she got out and the light hit her, it was, it said deepening her lips to, uh, her red lips to a near purple hue. And to me, that's very Viper Queenie. Yeah. She's got, like, a very deep, purple yeah lip i you didn't we don't know whether it was like lipstick or whether it's her actual lip no yeah. no idea so there you go also that yeah um she then says uh the planet that she came from crown of stars woman mm-hmm. we're just gonna call her the crown of star valg <laughs> not valg crown of star Asteri. yes maybe she is valg but she says the planet was once green and essentially they drained it. So they drained it of all the magic. Yeah. It became dark. And then they found out how to basically walk between worlds. And she says that they were called wayfarers. That's been... So... That was in the story with Maeve, wasn't Maeve, it? Maeve, whenever she had Aelin in the coffin and she was playing all the mind games. Yeah. Do you remember she took her to this place where it was like everything was fine and that she was sitting in the forest with auntie Maeve yes and she may have told her a story may have told her the story yes about how there was a queen living in a world and she was very sad and she didn't love her husband and she essentially used her husband's libraries and she read in these books these people that were able to world walk and she wanted to be able to do it so she contacted ancient wayfarers so it's that same word again and ask them how they did it but they refused to tell her so she learnt how to be a wayfarer herself okay so the ancient wayfarers that she contacted it sounded like they were 
long gone in another realm that she managed yeah. to reach out to somehow but we know you can reach out to other realms without world walking they did that you know bryson hunt did that through drinking the salt yeah and, and you've seen it through throne of glass as well with, with the like sword Aaron and talking the, to the word, word marks and, and yeah so it doesn't say like she went into their world it just says she contacted them so she could yeah. have just done the same thing but essentially that was just the whole like this is starry vesperus was saying that you know we we became wayfarers, world walkers. And then Maeve had this story where she said she wanted to do that. So she contacted. So at some point, either Maeve is a starry and she's part of this group that became wayfarers. Yeah, uh-huh. Or maybe the starry are more ancient and then Maeve came along and learnt it. And that they were the people they reached out to. Or... <laughs> Another one. The Tog gods. Yeah, there's always a question over them, yeah. isn't there? How did they get there? How did they get stuck? How did they walk through worlds? Yeah. So, somebody said, no, we're not teaching you to move. Yeah. But it's that way, fair word. Also, I don't know if this has anything to do with it or completely irrelevant, but whenever Reese and Feyre, before they were Reese and Feyre, whenever, like, you know, Whenever yeah. it was all just a wee bit, I can see what's happening. Do you remember they stayed in an inn? Yes. It was called the Wayfarers Inn. Ooh. Yeah. Interesting. Mm-hmm. And that would have been up in the Illyrian lands. Yep. So. Yeah. Just a point. So that was the spiral that I went down last night. <laughs> <laughs> I think we've all been down many spirals. Um, and I'm sure there will be many to come. Oh, yes. Um... But yeah, so even that podcast, like that we like that whole thing, those are just our initial thoughts, and that it's still so much to unpack. Yeah, and that we'll have still missed so much, and we still both need to do the proper read. Oh yeah, I have so, not highlighted and notate, not, notated. Can't even speak. No, no. anything yet. So, there's a lot happening. Yeah, definitely. But. I hope everybody else catches up to reading the whole thing soon and can share their thoughts. Adam. <laughs> <laughs> because it's great whenever other people throw in ideas, it makes you think. I know, I know. Um, but yeah, so we'll go, we'll unpack. Um, we'll maybe come back with some pointed, More. actual, let's just not throw this onto the wall and hope it sticks kind of situations <laughs> um and see if we can figure anything out but yeah like in the meantime if there's anything we've said there that you can think you can add to or completely debunk oh yeah please, please. tell us because i do not want to spend time no, <laughs> trying to debunk it if you Laura already know hasn't talked about is that she fully believes that bryce has an animal form and she's going to shift into a pegasus like so if somebody could debunk that well, just before we go right just i just want to leave everybody with this thought right <laughs> here we go <laughs> just bryce comes from a line that basically worked with the magic and the land uh-huh. on the prison island which we now know is dusk it's a place of permanent twilight. It's the dusk. And work, I'm assuming right? we're going to explore that now that Nesta has Gwydion and has been told to go explore that. Absolutely. Definitely the dusk court. All of the High Lords in Prithian have an animal form. Why? Tell me why. I need to know why. <laughs> we may not ever find out. It might just be how it is. It might be the extra power they have. But we kept getting told the shifters from the Tog world. And I'm like... But 
But all of the High Lords in Prithian are technically also shifters. They also all have some. I don't even think it's animal. It's like a beast form. Yeah, it's a like, beast you know, form more than an races animal form. And was it aliens is like exactly the same as races, but bright. Bright, yeah. You know, it's dark and light kind of. But like, are you trying to tell me that then Bryce, who maybe it's if they take up their actual power and they come in too. Yeah. And maybe she doesn't have an animal form. But if she did. If she did, it 100% <laughs> has to be Jelly Jubilee in the flesh. We need everybody on it to debunk <laughs> this before we go down a huge rabbit hole. Huge rabbit hole. <laughs> I'm just saying, I wouldn't be mad if the next book didn't start with Bryce flying through the skies with a unicorn horn. Well, I would because next book's not guitar, but I still wouldn't be mad about it. <laughs> As long as she's in Prithian and we can then speak to the rest of them. <laughs> Have more <Totally> questions answered. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, so we'll go. We'll leave you with that. Yes. And uh, we Happy promise reading. one day we will come back with the Evil Reese Theory podcast. Yes. Um, That keeps me up at night. But yeah, happy <laughs> reading. Enjoy. Let us know your thoughts. And we'll see you next time. Bye.